Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 109, the first podcast of this great new year, 2007. I smell good things for this year, and it's not just uh, the beans I had for dinner. No, no, sir. Uh, I, I, I sense a uh, a one in becomingness with uh, you, the listeners, and uh, everyone else out there that's not listening. We're, we're all going to converge together and make this the greatest podcast and website one-two punch the world has ever seen and, and I, I thank you all for your support and I think it's time to, to take this podcast to the next level and uh, we're, we're going to do a lot more regular episodes because uh, I got this book for Christmas it's called uh, Tricks of the Podcasting Masters I mean they didn't screw around with just some amateurs here they got the actual masters here. It's written by Rob Walsh and Mer Lafferty. And one of the things they suggest here is that you should actually um, do podcasts uh, regularly. You know, don't wait a month in between episodes. So that that's what I'm going to try. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of good good uh, good uh, tips in here though. We'll maybe we'll have to share some of them. But uh, yeah, we're going to try to do shorter episodes, but more frequently. That's my goal. You know, maybe a couple a week at least, if not more. And uh, we'll still do the, the longer interview type ones in between that. But just want to keep you guys involved. We're going to have some more contests, more feedback. Make you a better part of the Retro Crush show. Well, I hope you liked uh, that uh, that acoustic, uh, all-mouth version of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. One of my favorite songs. I totally recommend you, you buy his record there. So, one of my favorite records there. And uh, and you heard Todd Snyder uh, a little bit from his song Happy New Year from his uh, album, one of my favorite albums of 2006, uh, The Devil You Know, who we uh, int- interviewed, on, I believe it was on podcast number, oh, 98 maybe, 99, something like that. But anyway, I, I hope you all had a good year. I-, I like to hear from you. You can email me at rbarry at retrocrush.com and you can call the Retro Crush hotline at 916-231-9480. Here, here's a little nice uh, message we got here. Hey, Robert Barry, This is Jones, that jerk from Georgia. 
I was calling to wish you a Merry Christmas and wishing that you make a million dollars and continue to do Retro Crush to the end of your day so that we can listen to it. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Oh, it was really sweet. Yeah, I think I am going to make a million dollars this year. That's my goal. My wife uh, picked up this uh, DVD and CD called The Secret. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like basically says that you know you can visualize whatever it is that you want, and you'll get it. You just got to have that positive attitude. You know what I like most about this is you don't have to like dump a bunch of money into this program. It's basically like you know. You just convince yourself you're going to get a million dollars, and then you will. You know, can't beat that. And uh, here, here's another voicemail that I got. Hey there, Robert. This is Colin from Pennsylvania. And, uh, well, my, my mom heard your reply, and I, I think she forgives you. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter because you you have my heart forever. Well, anyway, um, you talked about, like, this Slim Women record. And I don't know what that is, but, but my address is uh, 604. Oh, can't give his address out there, but uh, yeah, I had uh, made a he, this uh, Colin who you heard there. He was uh, playing our podcast on uh, the worst Christmas songs of all time uh, to his mother while they were traveling in a car, and uh, she happened to be offended by the fact that I said uh, I would shave my pubes into uh, a mullet. So I offered to send her a Slim Whitman uh, record as a consolation, and, and uh, he gave me his address there so I could send it to him. So always happy to, to share things with you guys. Uh, you know, email me, call me, and, and uh, you know, maybe I'll send something cool your way uh, as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we've had a great year. Uh, ended 2006 with a bang and started out really nice here as well. We did our uh, annual uh, 100 Most Annoying Things 2006 and uh pretty well received we got linked uh, a lot of different websites uh uh you know just uh it goes out saying and uh and, and uh, i thought uh, i would read uh, the top 15 uh, for you here uh actually the top 10 excuse me well maybe the top 15 what do you say what do you say so yeah, i'm going to read you the the top 15 most annoying things of 2006 are you ready, folks? Here we go. Alright, uh, number 15 is Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the uh, evil leader of Iran. You know, if you're going to be an evil leader, you should find some clothes more menacing than khaki members-only jackets from 1982. And uh, number 14, we have Congressman Mark Foley. His boy-loving shenanigans cost Republicans the House and made alcoholics everywhere look bad. Number 13, we've got Sean Hannity. You just want to smack the smug off this guy. I mean, come on, Combs. Strike while you can. There can only be one. Number 12, we have comedian Dane Cook. You know, shouldn't observational comedy be about stuff that you can actually observe? Jokes like, did you ever notice when a woman lies when she's drinking Kool-Aid, she wobbles her jaw back and forth like this? That just leaves me scratching my head. He also great work having ads for Dane Cook's Tourgasm Comedy Tour with teeny tiny print disclaiming Dane Cook will not appear in this tour. We actually had that uh, in, in Sacramento. They had this giant ads in, in Sacramento Bee. And it was like for Dane Cook's Tourgasm Comedy Tour. 
big old words, you know, and it showed all these faces of these, you know, comedy dudes that, that are on that tour. And then and on the bottom it says, Dean Cook will not be appearing in this concert. And uh, my friend who runs the Crest Theater in Sacramento was told by the promoters, like, you know, make sure you're telling people Dean Cook's not going to appear. You know, and I'm sure she's like, you know, well, yeah, quit putting his name on the ads then, dumbass. So anyway, Dean Cook, not funny in my book. Number 11, which is kind of funny because I think we praised him in a previous podcast, so it just shows you I'm kind of fickle and I go with the flow. Uh, number 11, Michael Richards. You know, a comedy routine about hanging black men upside down and putting forks in their asses is not only offensive, it's pretty damn creepy. And now I got the top 10 here. Uh, number 10, the Transportation Safety Administration. Thanks for keeping the sky safe by keeping me from bringing fluids and gels on a plane. Looks like I'm stuck with Amtrak now when I need to travel with my Sam's Club Jumbo Vat O Love Lube. Number nine, we got Cynthia McKinney. Watching this crazy congressman from Atlanta defend herself for hitting a police officer was funny. But it was great to see her defeated in her re-election attempt. At least she still got her side job as lovable typing instructor Mavis Beacon to fall back on. Number eight, Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Man, this movie is so great because Sam Jackson says, I want these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane. <laughs> That's great stuff. I'm hoping people on the internet steer the directions of movies doesn't continue. Otherwise, we're going to be treated to I'd hit it the movie in LOL, the motion picture, pretty soon. Number seven, we got Ann Coulter. She claimed 911 widows enjoyed their husband's deaths in her book, Godless, The Church of Liberalism. If you think that was a controversial title, it's at least more marketable than the publisher's original suggestion, Attention Whore Rants from an Irrelevant Cunt. Number six, we have Rush Limbaugh. He suggested Michael J. Fox was faking his Parkinson's tremors in a political ad for sympathy, but totally gives Tina Yathers a free pass. I know that doesn't make sense, but she paid me 50 bucks to get her name mentioned in here to jumpstart her career. Number five, we've got new CBS News anchor Katie Couric. What are the odds we'll see Katie singing a campy goodbye song on top of a piano next year? And that publicity stunt where Lloyds of London insured her receding gums for a million dollars backfired horribly. As did that bad joke. Number four, we've got would-be JonBenet Ramsey killer, John Mark Carr. Though his claims that he killed JonBenet Ramsey were false, Carr made me wish the Supreme Court made it legal to execute people for being really creepy. Number three, we have O.J. Simpson and News Corps publisher Judith Reagan. Now, O.J. pulled off the impossible by coming off as even as a more worthless piece of shit with his book, If I Did It, which was thankfully yanked before hitting the bookstores. And then for Judith Regan to even think of throwing millions at Simpson to publish the book in the first place is vomit-inducing. Though she's been fired, look for Regan to bring us classics like Let's Pretend I Really Killed Lacey and Mark David Chapman's I Was Aiming for Yoko. Number two, most annoying thing of the year, Surrey Cruz. You know, the last baby to get this much attention was Damien. Well, at least we know Tom Cruise isn't weird anymore now that he has a kid. And... Our number one most annoying thing of 2006. Man, that was a drum roll uh, like the beginning of Hot for Teacher, huh? 
Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. They share the honor together. You know, from uh, from Britney's uh, deadly baby care techniques to Lindsay Lohan's crazy Blackberry ramblings, these two capped off the year by seeing how many times they can show off their uncovered crotches to the press. You'd think they got a product endorsement deal from Arby's the way they were showing those things off. You know you're out of control when Paris Hilton has to pull your legs closed. If they aren't stopped soon, they are going to mutate into a new form of skank pandemic that no amount of penicillin can stop. So uh, there we have uh, the top 15. If you'd like to see all 100, just go to the front page of uh, RetroCrush.com. Uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, milking uh, that out for at least five months, so you know, I'll be up there. But uh, you know, I didn't want to be just some, some bitter Nelly as they say uh, back in Minnesota, and I thought I would mention some of the coolest things of the year. And um, as far as uh, best records go, uh, I really liked uh, Rabbit Fur Coat by Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins, uh, The Devil You Know by Todd Snyder, A Hundred Highways by Johnny Cash, and Straight Out of Linwood by Weird Al Yankovic. Now, both Weird Al Yankovic and Todd Snyder were guests on our show. Look it up in our podcast directory, and a uh, goes a long way to getting your uh, records picked as best record of the year. And best movies, there's a lot of good movies this year that I liked. I liked uh, Jackass 2, Barat, Clerks 2, very funny, you know. All three of those movies, funniest movies of the year right there. Uh, not quite as funny was United 93, but but pretty good nonetheless. Uh, Apocalypto was good. Last Holiday with Queen Latif, a very underrated good movie. Uh, Neil Young's Heart of Gold, uh, the documentary concert film about Neil Young there. Eight Below, dorky movie about dogs in the snow, um, but way better than that one with Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, so the benchmark, obviously, very low for that, but but I liked it. Cars by Pixar, very, very fun. Casino Royale. 16 Blocks, uh, very good underrated movie with most Def and uh, Bruce Willis there. Ask the Dust with uh, Salma Hayek and Colin Farrell. V for Vendetta. Uh, Black Ball, the Bobby Duke story. You should check that out. It went straight to DVD, but it's got um, Rob Corddry, uh, f- formerly of The Daily Show, in there as a sort of a documentary about a, uh, a dishonored paintball champion that uh, tries to win back his glory. The Notorious Betty Page, Aquila and the Bee, Dead Man's Shoes, An Inconvenient Truth with Al Gore, uh, Superman Returns, I actually like that, and uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby and Brick. Those are my favorite movies of 2006. Now, uh, the best TV shows? Now, granted, I'm not a super TV watcher, and and many people have told me I need to be checking out Battlestar Galactica and Heroes. I have not done that yet. But uh, the best shows I liked of 2006 were The Daily Show, Lost, The Colbert Report, Saturday Night Live, Deadwood, shame that was canceled, The Sopranos, horrible start, you know, but I thought it was pretty good nonetheless, Studio 60 and 30 Rock, both of the Saturday Night Live influence shows there, uh, Doctor Who, ER, very good, surprisingly, uh, this season, Scrubs, Scrubs is one of these shows I had never watched before, and I just finally checked it out thought is hilarious the final season of the west wing uh lucky louie which was unfortunately canceled in south park which just gets better and better and better every single season as far as best comic books of the year uh, of course we got angry youth comics by johnny ryan 
um, great graphic novel that was so much fun and surreal by Tony Millionaire called Billy Hazelnuts, which is published by Fanagraphics. And um, the best uh, underrated great comic that I discovered this year was Unlovable by Esther Pearl Watson. I'll look that up. I think you can uh, check out her uh, website on funkychicken.com. The Flaming Carrot by Bob Burden, a perennial favorite. And uh, Chewing Gum in Church by Steve Weissman. Check those all out there. Uh, the best DVD sets... Uh, I, I would have to say that was a Superman the Ultimate Collection. It was this gorgeous tin box with uh, every single Superman movie plus more uh, inside of there. Also, uh, a good budget set was a really fun set for Reservoir Dogs. It came in a, in a gasoline can, and uh, the DVD was in a book of matches, a giant book of matches. So it was a really fun, clever set, and it was only $12. So kind of nice to see a nice deluxe set there that, that wasn't going to um, drain your pocketbook there. And uh, best podcast of the year, um, gotta say, drink till we're funny, with Justin, Dina, and John, and infected with Margin Martin Sargent. So uh, anyway, um, if you're still awake out there, I hope you enjoyed that list. And uh, I, I thought we would end the show today with kind of a fun audio clip that I I had saved from a long time ago, and I, I never actually played it. And it, it it's uh, from a Christian uh, record. Uh, I, th- I believe it's from 1971, and it was called The Problems of Growing Boys. And it's a heart-to-heart father and son chat about puberty and uh, the, the pains and, and struggles of, of growing up as a young boy in early 70s America. This scene deals with the subject many fathers find so difficult wet dreams and the explanation of physical intercourse in the marriage union. The boy might be as young as nine or as old as 14, and his age should govern the amount of detail given. As in the previous record, the comradeship between father and son is obvious. They share little man-to-man confidences, and the years have seen many small talks between them. Notice particularly three points in this recording. First, the unabashed normal use of such technical terms as penis and sperm. Yeah, every every um, boy loves it uh, when a father uses unabashed technical terms like penis and sperm. These flatter a boy's sense of responsibility. Next. <laughs> wow, Dad, I, I'm flattered that you used the word sperm in front of me. Thanks, Dad. I really feel like a man now. The coupling of sex information with instruction on purity. Virtue is described not as something for sissies, but as a protecting armor the strong man throws around the God-given creative power in his body. Finally, the groping of the father for the right words, the lack of glibness, the occasional touches of humor, all indicate a natural approach that is true to life. All right. Uh, Watch it. Uh, No, no. Uh, a good boxer never leaves with his right. Here, let's try it again. Now, don't leave yourself open, though. Okay, Dad. How's that? Yeah, and what better way to have uh, a talk with your boy about sex than while you're beating him up in the garage? Oh, golly, time up. Golly, Dad, did I hurt you? Uh, no, no, but I don't like... I like that left hook of yours poking me where my waistline <laughs> used to be. Yeah, I guess you're getting too fast for your old man to spar with anymore. Aw, oh, sissy, come on, Dad. Let's grab a Coke out of the icebox. That's a good idea. Now, let's take me to your room, what you say, huh? Oh, sure, why not? 
You know, your, your mother would give me the devil if she were home and saw me horsing around with you this yeah. way. Yeah. She says you're getting too old for sparring. Too old? At my age? Can you imagine? <laughs> Come on in, Dad. Have a chair. Yeah, thanks. No, take the easy chair, Dan. Well, listen, young fella, I'm not that old. <laughs> I think I will just the same. Here you are, Dad. This will make you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. You know, Bob, you're getting to be a pretty big fella. Yes, sir, maybe this is a good idea. Chance for us to have a little talk. Why, sure, Dad. What's cooking? Yeah, uh, you mind if I smoke in your room? Oh, I know, Dad. Go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Light up a si- You're supposed to smoke the cigarette after you talk with him about sex there, Pop. Thanks. Your mother would probably have a fit. She just had the curtains washed. Uh, remember the last time we talked about this old body of ours, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, Dad. No. Remember I told you that when two people get married, they become like one person. Spiritually, mentally, and physically. Yeah, I remember you saying that, Dad. I guess that didn't make too much sense then. Well, I, I have sort of wondered about it a couple times since. Sure you have. And don't let that worry you. You didn't learn algebra in fourth grade grammar school, did you? Mm. Mm. Now that you've started experimenting with my electric razor... <laughs> well, maybe you're ready for the next grade. Well, shoot, Dad, I'm all ears. <laughs> now that you're using my electric razor, I think you're ready to hear about six. Well, here's a match. Your pipe's gone out mm. again. Well, thanks. Well, to begin with... You ought to know the medical terms for certain parts of the body. Now, every family has its own set of names, and you youngsters have the most original ones I ever heard. But when a doctor speaks of the male organ, he... Well, he calls it a penis. Yeah, I know that already, Dad. Now, this organ is one of the most wonderful examples we have of how carefully God planned everything for a particular purpose. I, I don't get you. Well... When a man and a woman are married, Bob, they love each other very much. And in in showing their love, their instinct is to embrace each other as if... Well, as if to try to become the one person God intended them to be. Well, son, so closely has God connected our emotions with our bodies that this embrace by the husband and wife arouses in each a great desire for physical oneness. And that's exactly the way God planned it. For the penis of the husband actually passes within his wife's body. Now, that's that's what we mean by being one, physically. Gee, is that what happens when people get married? That's right. Now, when the penis has entered, it, it ejects a fluid which contains the seed, or the, the sperm, as the doctors call it. Oh, is that the seed that helps make a new baby? You bet Here's the important thing to understand now. All those changes in our bodies which make a boy into a man, well, they don't happen overnight. Some of them are going on inside you right this minute. Golly, Dad, what changes? Oh, uh, you mean the electric razor. No, no, you rascal. And don't let me catch you monkeying with mine for another couple of years yet. No, no, Bob, Well, what I'm talking about now is the fluid that contains the sperm or the seed. It's uh, 
formed in two little sacs beneath the penis, which we call the, the testicles. Now, one of these nights, before very long, you may find that some of it passes off in your sleep. Oh, but, Dad, that's wrong, isn't it? I mean... Oh, no, son. It's not at all wrong. Now, it's true that to waste the seat deliberately, to do anything knowingly to make it come, is a very grave sin. Because God designed that secretion in a man for, for one purpose. To be, well, like one of his raw materials in the creation of a new life. So, so begins a life of guilt for this poor kid who's just told that uh, if he ever masturbates, he's going to hell. But wet dreams, as we call them, are very different. You see, the body manufactures that fluid all the time. And when the supply becomes too great, as it does sometimes before men are married, nature opens a sort of a, a safety valve in your sleep and it passes off. Gee, our bodies are complicated, aren't they, Dad? Well, you bet. More complicated than the biggest dynamo ever built. Only God could make our bodies. Here's a, uh, a tidbit for you. There's not a single place in the Bible that says it's a sin to masturbate. Nowhere at all. There's a reference uh, where uh, you don't spill seed, which could be considered wasting on, on some rock or something like that. I think that's after Noah. And uh, there's actually... a uh, a section that talks about how you should wash up uh, after you masturbate before you join a family for dinner. So, not really a sin unless you don't wash, is uh, the way the Bible really talks about it. Well, but Dad, why do fellows get these uh, these feelings before they get married? Now, that's a good question, Bob. To begin with, this, this business of propagating the human race is quite a job. In spite of modern medicine, childbirth still means a certain amount of pain for the mother. As for the father, well, you'll find out what it's like to buy groceries for a cried like this soon enough. Well, you mean that maybe some people might not want to have children otherwise? Something like that. So, in order to make sure this old world would be populated, God made the desire of man for woman one of the strongest of all human instincts something like the way he made food taste good so that we'd be sure to get our vitamins each day. Golly, the way he figured everything out. Yeah, he sure did. But now here's the important thing. This feeling of desire, like our appetite for food, Bob, was instituted for its own special purpose in God's scheme of things. You know what happens when you stuff yourself with cake and cokes until you're ready to pop. Sure, I get a stomachache. You bet. Well, it's the same way with desire. Men begin to feel it occasionally, well, as soon as they start to grow up. I did when I was a boy. You will, too. But always remember this, son. Whenever you feel the stirrings of desire within you, now just remember that God is getting your body ready for the great calling of fatherhood. To be his partner in, in creation. So... Guard that desire, something holy. Don't waste it. Keep it unspoiled for the girl who someday will be your wife. Get it? Oh, I got it, Dad. Fine. Now, if you have any questions, come and tell me about it. And uh, about any of those thoughts you were talking about, don't let them worry you. When they come, and they will every so often, 
Remember that you can always knock them kicking with a simple one-two punch. Quick little prayer, and then some work. Any work or sport, as long as it's hard. Hey, which reminds me, how about coming out in the back and seeing if you can sneak that new curve past me the way you did last Saturday, huh? Oh, go on, that's easy. You couldn't hit that curve if it was a basketball. Wait, you fresh young Turk, I'll show you why I, how I hit 360 with a Bearcats. Eh, trouble with you kids. You think anyone over 21 has to travel in a wheelchair. Ouch. Look at that confounded back of mine. <laughs> Come on, Dad. <laughs> oh, oh, Dad. <laughs> So remember, folks, next time you get the urge to masturbate, just pray and do some hard sports, and it'll all go away. I loved his uh, sex advice for his son there. It was pretty much uh, when a man and woman love each other and get married, uh, the man's penis will enter the woman's body. So uh leaves a lot of options for the boy there. That's at least, you know, many ways to enter a woman's body. That's for sure. Based on some videos I've seen on uh, on the Internet there, so that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, I thought I'd leave you with uh, one of my favorite bits of music from a movie called Akira. And if you've not seen Akira, um, you're missing something good. Please uh, call us again, 916-231-9480. And I uh, really could use a shot in the arm. We, we, we you know, holidays kind of slowed some things down here. And, um, you know, tell somebody about the podcast. Also, I want you to tell me what you want to hear in this podcast. Uh, uh, I like a lot more calls. I will take requests. I'll, I'll do anything. I'll even uh, wash your car. W- whatever, you know? And uh, so let, let's make this a lot of fun. Let's make this a great year. And I uh, look forward to hear from you. Uh, thanks again for your support. And um, if you haven't, uh, go to go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Um, let's get back in their uh, top 100 podcast list there. And, um, you know, one thing you could do is actually uh, delete the Retro Crush podcast from your podcast list and resubscribe, and then it will kind of kick in as a new subscription. So give that a try, and uh, you know, and tell a friend and uh, all, everybody you know that's got uh, iTunes or an iPod, have them subscribe to Retro Crush through iTunes as well. Also, leave a uh, uh, you could write a review for our podcast on iTunes. We haven't had a new review of the podcast in a while, and you can also go to the uh, podcast alley. And vote for our podcast on their uh, podcast list there. So enough plugs. Time for some hugs. <laughs>